Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. The title of the message this morning, you can download today's message on our website, but the title of the message today is called, When I Don't Know How to Keep Going. When I Don't Know How to Keep Going. I wonder, have you ever been in a situation where you just felt like, I don't know how I'm going to keep going, how I'm going to get through this, I don't know how I'm going to make my way through this. You know, on Christmas Day, I was uh, over my in-law's house for, uh, for Christmas dinner, and I was chatting with my sister-in-law, and she has decided to sign up for Norse Gallen. Uh, she's been training, apparently, for, for a couple of weeks, she's uh, getting ready for Norse Gallen. And I've done Norse Gallen before. And I thought, I'm going to give you a bit of experience. I'm going to give you a bit of, ad- going to give you a bit of advice. Ready to run this race. I haven't done it for a few years, but I have done it. So I thought I, I'd give her a bit of advice. And uh, I was telling her about the second time that I ran the North Scotland. The first time I'd done it, I had trained for months and months. And uh, I was, at that time, we had a football team as well. And so I, pretty, I was in pretty good shape. And uh, I remember training for a few months with my Uncle Rob and, and my Uncle Carwin. And, and Wiggy came, if you know Wiggy. <laughs> Even he's done North Scotland. And, and Chris Perry as well. We, we trained for North Scotland. And uh, I remember the first time I did it, it's a, a 5K run, which is about three miles, down in Mountain Ash. And uh, first time I'd done it, I'd done it in 27 minutes, which I was pretty impressed with. I was pretty pleased with. I thought that was a good time. It wasn't the best, obviously, but it was, it was pretty good. Uh, considering I'd never done it before. And uh, I thought, if I was ever going to do it again, I want to beat this time. I, I'm going to go for this time. But the second time I signed up for the North Garland, uh, I had stopped playing football because I, I believe it was my A-levels time. I was going through my A-level, so I'd stopped training so much. So I wasn't in physically peak condition. And I just didn't have time to train for it. But I thought, you know what? I'm young. I'm healthy, you know, I was only about 18 at the time, I thought, I'm in the prime of my life here, I'm in the prime of my physical fitness, I can do this, it's no problem, I don't need to train, you know, I've done it before, I don't need to train uh, for this, Uh, and you know, I thought that I was going to be able to do it, and I I remember just standing on the starting line, and I was ready to go, we were all ready to go, we were in a big huddle, there was hundreds of people in this big huddle on the starting line, ready to go and ready to run this race, And, and I was actually feeling quite nervous, and and at that moment, I thought to myself, Luke, what have you done? You've got yourself into a really, stu- you made a really stupid decision here. And while I was on the, on the starting line, I remember my uncle Karen, he was running it as well. And I thought, yeah, I'll beat him easy, no problem. But I remember him coming over to me and he knew that I hadn't trained. And uh, before we ran the race, he'd give me an energy shot. Uh, Lucas Aid energy shot, and uh, he said, "Go on." He calls me Radas, which is a football player. He says, "Go on, Radas, take a take a, an energy shot. I'll help you run this North Gal." And I thought, "Great, yeah, thanks. My uncle's helping me. What a loving, supporting uncle I have, helping me run this race, helping me, knowing that I want to beat them. You know, he, he's a great uncle." And uh, so I took this this energy shot, and uh, all of a sudden the gun goes, uh, and off we go. We start running, and uh, but halfway through the first lap. I realized I'd made two stupid decisions. The first stupid decision I'd made was entering the race without training. I thought to myself halfway through the first lap, what on earth am I doing? It was like minus 10 degrees. I was struggling to breathe. It it was terrible. I thought, what a stupid decision. Uh, And especially as people were flying past me, I thought, yeah, this is the wrong, wrong move. But the second stupid decision I made was 
taking the energy shot that my uncle had given me. And uh, I remember, you know, that, that, that was an absolutely ridiculous decision going through there. And, and as I kept running, as I kept going along, you know, it was only a, a, around the first lap, I thought, something's not right here. I don't feel very well, you know. Something, something's not right. Maybe it's the cold, maybe it's just because I haven't trained. But I don't feel right in this moment. But I kept going anyway, I kept going. And if you've ever done the North Garland, there's a, there's a hill in the North Garland. You've got to run, uh, do the lap, and it's, it's three laps. And, you know, the, the hill is the hardest part. And I remember on the second lap, hitting the top of the hill. And I, I, I've never heard sounds like it. <laughs> but there were sounds coming from my stomach, which I'd never heard before. And I, I, I remember I started seeing all those little stars. I thought, something's all right for you. Next thing you know, I, I turned the corner. And I wasn't the only thing that turned, my stomach turned as well as I turned around that corner. And I remember being sick at the top of that hill on the second lap. And I felt like I was going to die. I felt that was it. I was ready. I was, I, I was done. I was, I was ready for bed. I felt like I was going to die. You know, what a stupid mistake I had made. Not only to, to take that energy shot, but to participate in this race as well. I felt physically exhausted. And um, However... Despite being sick, despite feeling absolutely rotten, there was something inside of me that was telling me to keep going. And it wasn't the Lucas Aid anymore because that had gone. <laughs> there was something inside of me telling me to keep going. I, it was absolutely bonkers. I don't know why, but I thought, I've got to keep going. And I think it was pride, actually. You know, I wanted to see a face in front of my family. You know, I didn't want to seem like a failure and, and just give up. I wanted to keep going. And so... You know, that, that crazy thought came into my head. Just keep going, Luke. Step by step. You know, just keep going. Make sure you finish this race. And I remember I did finish the race eventually. I think I walked the rest of the race and, and struggled with the rest of the race. I think I'd done it. You know, I was hoping to beat my time at 27 minutes. It actually took about 40 minutes for me to get around that lap at that time. It was, it was absolutely horrific. But, you know, I'll never forget that moment. And I'll never forget that feeling. You know, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to keep going when, when I feel like giving up, when I've just been ill, I feel like dying? How am I going to keep going? But I, there was something inside, deep inside, that just said, keep going, man. just one step at a time. Now, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear, I won't be doing the North Garland this year. So you can turn up, but you won't see me. You can't have a good laugh on New Year's Eve. You won't see me there this year. But come along next year. I might give it a go next year. I have been thinking about it. I thought, yeah, maybe next year. 2020, new decade. Time to get in, in, in shape. New year, new me and all that. I thought, so maybe come next year and you can have a laugh at me next year. And uh, yeah, see if I do it. But, uh, you know, I don't know what kind of year that you have had. Maybe this year has been the best year you've ever had. Maybe it's been the best year for you. Maybe God has blessed you in, in many ways. And you can say, you know, you maybe you wrote it down. 2019 was my year. That was my year. I shone this year. You know, this was a great year. God blessed me. I knew his help. I knew his presence in my life. You know, I've, I've been, you know, my job's been going well. Everything's been going well health-wise with my family. 2019 has been my year. And if that's the case, praise God for that. Thank God for that. You know, we want to thank him for that. However, just because it's been an amazing year for you, if that's you, if you've had an amazing year, just because it's been an amazing year, please don't switch off from listening to this message. I don't want to sound like a prophet of doom, but I can guarantee you that at one point or another, maybe not, maybe not at the end of this year now, but maybe coming into the next year, 
you're going to face some difficulties. You're going to face some struggles. Life isn't always going to be easy and everything isn't going to be plain sailing. One thing I can guarantee you, even in my 26 years of being on this planet, is that life has ups and downs. There are good times and we want to celebrate those times. We look forward to those times. We long for those times. But there are also some difficult times as well. There's difficult seasons where we go through hardships and difficulties and struggles. And like I said, if, you've, if this year has been a great year for you, I want to encourage you, take notes and keep this message close by because you're going to need it at some point. Maybe it's not next year, maybe it's in a couple of years, but you're going to need the truth of this message at some point. But maybe this year hasn't been your year. Maybe you've come here today and you just feel like giving up. You feel like giving up because of the circumstances that you have faced this year and that you're currently facing. Maybe you've come here today and you just feel, Pastor Luke, how can I keep on going? How am I going to get through this? You know, I can just, just about get through this day, but how am I going to get through this next year? Pastor Luke, you don't know how difficult my home life is. You don't know what the doctors told me. You don't know about that personal struggle that I've got, that I've been fighting with, that I can't, just, I can't seem to shake off. You don't know about the thoughts that I'm thinking. Pastor Luke, you don't know what I'm going through. Maybe you've come here this morning and you feel like you, you just you want to give up. You can't keep going. Well, I believe that, to, that today, on this last Sunday of the new year, this morning's message, I believe the Lord has laid a word on my heart for someone here today who doesn't know how to keep going. And maybe you've come here, like I said, and you just don't know how you're going to get through the next year. I believe God's got a word for you today. And I encourage you, open up your heart to listen to what God says. Not what I'm saying, what God would say to you today. And if you've got a Bible this morning, can you please turn to Psalm 116. Psalm 116. This is a well-known psalm. Some of the key verses are going to be up on the screen behind me in a moment that we're going to be reading. But uh, Psalm 116 is it, quite a well-known psalm, you know. And I'm, I'm sure we're very familiar in particular with the first verse where the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. I'm sure we know that, that God is a God who hears, he's a God who hears and answers our prayers. You know, it's a phrase that I say often and it's a phrase that, that I've taken from this verse because it's true. God is a God who hears and answers our praise. He's a faithful God. But you know, this psalm is, is an in-depth psalm about a season of difficulty that the psalmist was going through. And this difficulty, this difficulty came, it came, and it was outside of his understanding. In other words, he wasn't sure where this problem came from. He wasn't sure why he was going through this difficulty. But this was one of the most difficult seasons in this psalmist's life. You know, most difficulties that we face do exist in that realm, don't they? You know, we, we try to figure out, but we can't, we can't figure out, where on earth did this problem come from? Why on earth am I going through this? Where, what is this all about? Why am I facing this difficulty right now? You know, most difficulties, I'm sure, most difficult seasons in our lives, I'm sure we can all agree on, we feel like that, don't we? We're just confused. Where on earth did that come from? You know, this, this awful season, where did that come from? You know, everything was great, everything was plain sailing, but, but where did it come from? You know, we can't figure out the where, the when, the why. And you know, in those difficult moments, we sometimes think, don't we, is this God doing this in my life? Is God allowing this to come into my life? Or, or sometimes, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through difficulties, I think, is this the enemy attacking me? Is it him, is it Satan himself who's bringing and causing these things to come into my life? But there's also another thought that sometimes I have when, when I'm going through difficult moments. Have I caused this? 
Is this something that I've done that has brought this difficulty and this hardship into my life? This difficult season that I'm now in that I can't get out of, is it because of something that I have done? Listen to what the psalmist writes in verse 3 of Psalm 116. Listen to this. He says, death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. In other words, the psalmist is saying, this is the worst place he could have been in. He was going through something and it was the worst place he could have been in. He felt like death was surrounding him. Anybody ever felt like that? That there's a situation you just feel like death is surrounding you? That you just don't know this is it? You're done for? You're finished? Maybe spiritually or even physically you felt like death is surrounding you? That's what the psalmist is saying. Death wrapped itself around me. The psalmist is saying he didn't feel the presence of God anymore. God wasn't there. He felt like death was there. He felt the nearness of hell. He felt like the enemy was mocking him. He wrapped his grip around him. He, he was holding on to him. The enemy was holding on to him. It was, an, it was a horrific situation for the psalmist. But did you know, as you read through the Bible, the psalmist isn't the only one who faced difficulty and felt, went through a season like this. You might think, yeah, Pastor Luke, that's the Old Testament. You know, that was before Jesus came and rescued us and saved us. But actually, in the New Testament, we see believers who are also faced difficult situations. And one example of that is the Apostle Paul. If you've got your Bible, can you jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. And, and have a listen to this difficult season that Paul was going through. He says this. We think you ought to know, uh, ought to know dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought that we would never live through it. Paul is saying here that, that he was facing something, that something had come into his life, a difficult season, a trial, something had happened in his life, and he thought that he wouldn't make it through it. He thought that he wasn't going to, that him and the people with him, they thought they were never going to live through it. Their natural strength, their abilities, their reasoning, their planning of how they thought might get through it, none of that worked. It all failed. They thought that that was it for them. They thought that Paul was saying that the situation they were facing, they thought it was easier for them to actually die, that that would be it, it'd be easier for them to die. You know, it doesn't get much worse than that, does it? When you're in a situation and you feel, that's it, I'm done for, I'm finished. You know, the apostle Paul experienced that. The psalmist in Psalm 116, he experienced this season. But I'm sure there are many, many other people who have also experienced this. You read the Bible, there are many people who experience moments like this. And I'm sure if we're being honest, there are people even within our congregation this morning who've gone through seasons of this where you just thought there's no way out. How can I keep going? I can't get through this. Death is all around me. Maybe right now, maybe even this year, you're going through what seems like the valley of the shadow of death. You feel like death is just there. That's it that you're done for. Listen to what the psalmist says back in Psalm 116 and verse 10. He says, I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled. I am deeply troubled, Lord. The psalmist is saying that he was a believer, that he believed in God, he trusted in God. Now, you might say, why does, you know, if he's a believer, surely God would save him, God would protect him. But the psalmist is saying, I believed in God. I believed in God. I, I, I trusted in God. 
He had heard about God and he had put his trust in Jehovah, the living God, Yahweh. He put his trust in him. But all of a sudden, difficulty came into his life. Something beyond his understanding. And because of that difficulty, because of that struggle that he was facing, he was now beginning to doubt everything that he had heard and everything that he once lived and everything that he once declared. He's saying because of the situation, now he's beginning to doubt God because of it. You know, if we're being honest this morning, I'm sure that we can all agree that when we face difficulties, when you and I face difficulties and afflictions, it's easy to doubt God, isn't it? We can get confused about our whole situation and we can doubt God. We can doubt that, we can doubt that he has ever spoken to us. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when I go through difficulties, you know, I, I think that sometimes. God, did you really say that? Did you really say that? And, you know, did you promise that I'd have a future? And look now, Lord. Look what situation I'm in. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get through this. You know, we can doubt that he has spoken to us. We doubt his faithfulness. We doubt his presence in our lives. God, are you really there? Do you even care anymore because of what I'm going through? Are you there, God? We doubt that he loves us and cares for us and wants to bring us through it. We can all doubt that in difficult moments. You know, I'm sure this morning, uh, we've all go, gone through dark valleys. We've all gone through seasons where we just feel like there's no way out. And I'm sure we can all agree this morning. We can all say that, yeah, this is true. I've gone through this. I've faced seasons like this, moments like this, where I felt like giving up and I've doubted God and I felt like running away and I can't keep going. Listen to verse 11. It keeps going on. He says, in my anxiety, I cried out to you. This is to the Lord, he's saying. He said, these people are all liars. He got, this situation was so bad that not only did he doubt God, but he felt like everybody who was telling him about God and everything that they'd spoken into his life, he's saying, no, they're all liars. I don't believe them. I don't believe what they said. You know, about how God is good, how God can rescue us, how God can save us, how God's got a plan. I don't believe it anymore. The psalmist is saying, all those people, they're liars. They're all liars. You know, uh, uh, and you know, he's, he's basically saying, you know, it doesn't matter how these people have spoken God's promises into my life. It doesn't matter how these people have told me how good God was and the plan he has for my life. The psalmist is saying, yeah, God, they're all liars. I don't believe them. I don't believe them anymore. Uh, you know, he came to a place where he stopped believing in God and he stopped believing in God's word. Maybe you've come here this morning and, and you know, maybe somebody has told you along the way that, now that you believe in Jesus, you've surrendered your life to him, you're going to live in victory 24-7. That's it. This Christian life's going to be amazing. You're never going to face difficulties. You're never going to face struggles or hardship. Everything is going to go the way you want it to go. Maybe somebody said something along those lines to you. But now you're here this morning and you're like, look where I am now. Are those people for real? You know, they're saying I can live in victory, that I can, you know, be on victory side, that I can know freedom, that, that I can know life more abundantly. Do they know what I'm going through right now? Do they know what I'm facing? Maybe you feel like the psalmist and you think, yeah, those people are just lying. They were just lying. You know, all that you once believed in, all that you once gave yourself to, maybe because of the season you're in, you think it's, it's all a sham. It's all a waste of time. What's the point in ever believing? What's the point in reading my Bible if I'm going to go through this? You know, I don't think I'm, that's it, I'm done for. What's the point in all of that? You know, that can happen to us all. We can all go through seasons like this. But listen to what the psalmist says in verse 4. He says, Then I called 
on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. The psalmist now, he comes to a place where he has no strategy and no plan to get out of this difficult season. There's no plan for him. You know, he's, he's not like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone and he's got this plan out how he's going to get, you know, defeat the bad guy, the robbers, the bad guy. He's not, it's not like that. The psalmist is saying, I've got a plan to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I've given up. I have no strategy. I have no idea how to get out of this. And all the psalmist has left is a whisper to call upon the Lord. That's all he's got left. He's out of energy and all he says is this. Please, Lord. Save me. That's the only place he's in. There's no way out. There's nobody coming to help him. Nobody coming to save him. He's in that position where death is around him. And all he's got left is saying, please, Lord, save me. If any of you have ever said that, no way out. No escape from your situation, your difficulties. And all you've got left is no energy, no faith anymore. All you've got left is that one last whisper, that one last cry. Lord, save me. Lord, will you save me? A bit like George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life, you know? Lord, will you save me? God, will you save me? He tells us, you know, he has no victory left. He doesn't know how to get a victory. He wants that. Then listen to what he says in verse 5 to 9. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul begin to rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. The psalmist is saying, when he didn't have a way out, when he didn't know how to get out of that difficult situation, even when he didn't know the truth anymore or who to trust in, in his weakness, with all that he had left, he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him and saved him. In that last cry, that last whisper, he cried out, Lord, save me, and God saved him. Saved him from death. You know, even after the Apostle Paul, even you know, after he goes through that difficult situation that we just read about in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he says how difficult it was, how he felt like death. Listen to what he goes on to say in verse 9. He says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. You know, the apostle Paul and the psalmist, they're both saying something very similar here. What they're saying is that there's a point where God will take you and I to a place that only his strength will bring us through. There is a point where God will take you and I to a place where only he can bring us and save us from it. Bring us through it and save us from it. It's a personal valley of the shadow of death. It's a season where we feel like there is no way out, that death is around us. But God says, I've got a purpose for it. There is a reason for it. You know, God isn't a God who just allows things to happen to us by chance. God has a plan. God has a perfect plan. And you know, sometimes when we're going through difficult moments and difficult seasons, we think, why am I going through this? Know and hold fast to the truth that God knows what he's doing. 
that you aren't God. You know, the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And God has got a plan and a reason for you being in that difficult moment. God has got a reason for you facing those difficult things and you feeling like you're surrounded by death. And if you'll just stay focused for a minute, you begin to understand why. Because in verse 15, listen to what he says. He says, the Lord cares deeply when his loved one dies. You might think, this sounds like a verse that's just to be used at funerals. You know, this is, you know, just to say, you know, that God loves people who've passed on is, is people who've passed on. But I believe that the psalmist is saying something different here. I believe the psalmist is saying here that, that God loves it when you and I get to the point when we finally realize that we have no strength in ourselves to live this life. The psalmist is saying here that God rejoices in the fact in the moment where we realize that we can't get ourselves out of this, where we can't save ourselves, and we can only turn to him. God loves it when we're in that moment. We might think, why am I facing this? Know that God's got a reason why. There is a purpose behind it, and God wants to bring you to the place where you finally realize that there is no strength in yourself to get yourself out of it. You can't save yourself. You can't bring yourself out of it. You can't plan your way out of it. There is nothing you can do to escape it. Only God can save you from it. And God loves it when we get to that place. You know, there's no greater joy than realizing that only death lives in us, but in Jesus, there is life. There is no greater joy in realizing. In myself, I'm a sinner. There's just death in me. But in Jesus, there is life. In Jesus, there is the power to raise people from the dead. In Jesus, we find all that we need. And this is so precious to God. It's so precious when we come to that realization that there's only God that can raise us up. Only God can save us. I know when we realize that, God will begin to bring us to a place of greater understanding. We begin to have a revelation of in a greater way of who he is and his will and his plan for our lives. And it is only when we get to that place where we realize there is nothing good in ourselves and it is only found in God, it is only in that place that we'll begin to go into that next step of our journey with God, that we'll begin to have that deeper revelation of the goodness of God and who God can be in our life. When we come to that place where we realize there's nothing good in me and life is found in Jesus and only Jesus can save me, you will no longer just come to church, sing songs, listen to a message and go home till the next week. No longer will it just be boring for you, just to, this Christian life be boring and just a monotony for you. When you come to that place there and you realize that only God can save me and God can rescue me, then your Christian walk will take on a whole different meaning. You'll begin to realize the goodness of God. You'll begin to hunger for him like never before. You'll begin to cling to God like never before. You'll begin to realize how real God is and his love for you and his goodness towards you. It is only when you come to that place, church will stop becoming a religion for you. Christianity will stop becoming a religion and it will become a relationship. When you realize it is not about what's in me and me saving myself and me coming up with a plan for my life. When you realize that it is only God. Only God can save me. Only God's got a plan for me. I need him every moment of every hour. You know, as the hymn says, I need thee, oh, I need thee. You know, the, the hymnist that he was saying, God, I need you. Every moment, every hour, I need you. And there, there is truth in that. You know, you and I can't get through the next moment without God. It is only because of God right now that you are breathing. 
It is only because of his plan that you are breathing right now. It is only because of him. You and I can't, make ourselves, get, can't get through this next year in our own strength. It is only through the strength that comes from God. You know, we cannot become the people that God has created us to be in our own strength. You know, maybe you think, yeah, I want to be used by God. I want to see God fulfill something incredible in my life. Maybe God's spoken something in your life. I want to tell you right now, you will never become the person that God has created you to be in your own strength. You can't do it. I've realized that. I can't pastor in my own strength. I can't pastor the church in my own strength. You know, I can't be a good husband in my own strength. I can't be a faithful Christian in my own strength. I need the help of God. Only God can help me. Only God can help me in this. And it's the same for you and for me. You know, and the psalmist is saying, verse 13 and 14, very quickly as we come to a conclusion, he says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Now the psalmist is saying, I was facing death, but God saved me. And now because God has saved me, I'm going to give myself to live for him. In front of everyone here, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to embrace all that God has for me. But for you and for me, it's embracing all that Jesus has won for us on the cross. You know, so often as believers, we live as defeated people. But we're not. No matter how difficult your circumstance, no matter how tough you see the season is that you're in right now, we're not a defeated people because Jesus has won the victory. We're not defeated. We're not weak. We're not just on our own. Because of Christ now, if we have placed our faith and trust in him, we have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living in us. We have all the resources of heaven for, ready there for us to access. We have God's presence with us. We have him by our side. Because Jesus said when he ascended to heaven, Lo, I will be with you always. You're not on your own. God is with you. So I want to encourage you this morning. That if you feel like you've defeated. If you feel like I don't know how to keep on going. Know that Jesus won the victory. And now if you will die to self and put your trust in him. You will experience his life. Only Jesus can save you from your situation. Only Jesus can rescue you. Only Jesus can help you tomorrow. Only Jesus has the plan for your life. Not you. And I want to encourage you. Put your trust in him. Start looking to him again. You know when God raised Jesus from the dead. It was a sign to you and me that if we would put our trust in him, that Jesus, he would cause us to be raised out of places of weakness and suffering. And we will know victory, his victory in our lives. You know, as we come to a conclusion on this final Sunday of the, of the year, maybe you've come here today and you just don't know how to keep going. You just don't know how you're going to keep going. You don't know how you're going to get through this next year. Maybe you've come here and you don't even know how you're going to get through this day because of what you're facing. I want to encourage you. I believe the Lord is saying to you and also to me that you're not going to get through it in your own strength and in your own wisdom. You're not going to get through it. You're really not. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you plan, you're not going to get through it. I believe the Lord wants to say to each and every one of us that we're only going to get through it in the power of Christ. And in the power of his spirit in our lives. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Your difficulty, 
it is only in Jesus. Only Jesus can help you through it. You can't, only Jesus can. Keep trying. I can guarantee you, keep trying. You'll fail. But when you put G- your trust in Jesus, he comes and he saves. You know, Jesus is known as our saviour. Not only is he there to save us from our sin, but he's there to save us out of difficulties, out of the grip of the enemy. He is our saviour, not just once when we made a decision. He's there to save us day by day from sin, to save us from difficulties, to save us from struggles. You're not going to get through it in your own strength, but only in the power of God. God doesn't cause trials and suffering. You've got to understand that God doesn't create them, but he allows them to come into our lives for a reason, for a purpose, so that ultimately we will die to self and put our trust in him. You know what, today I pray you will leave this place with this declaration from the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Listen to what he says. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I pray that would be my testimony pray that that would be the testimony of this church we are dead to self we can't save ourselves we can't get ourselves through this we now live this life in the power of christ we are died to ourselves and we're living for him it is his life in and through us and we can live this life living for him placing our trust in him when you don't know how to keep going give up put your trust in god call on the lord and he will save you Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.